Hey there, and welcome to the devotional. I'm Walter, the dyslexic bilingual hillbilly and pastor of the Rhine River Baptist Church. Today is Tuesday, October 17th, 2023, and today's our 227th devotional. And today we're looking at Hannah, um, a person with a broken heart that brought great fruit uh, for God. So uh, we find her story in 1 Samuel chapter 1, pretty much the whole first chapter and then into the second chapter you find her prayer and a little bit of what happened with uh, her and then on into Samuel. We'll look at that in the coming days, but uh, I think it's interesting when you look at uh, verse 5, it says this, First uh, Samuel chapter 1 verse 5, it says, but unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. So that verse just really stuck out to me as I was looking at this, that it was God that had shut up her womb. It wasn't uh, anything that she had done. It wasn't anything that she had, um, it was no sin or anything. It was just God shut her womb up because God had a purpose here. So what's going on here? Well, Hannah was misunderstood and abused by several people that were associated with her. Uh, she was abused and misunderstood by her husband. Um, her husband uh, thought that his gifts to her were good enough. He thought that his love to her was good enough. And he didn't realize that she had a heart yearning that he just basically didn't understand. I can just imagine, you know, he's got children by his second wife. Um, and, and why did he have two wives? Well, it could have been that after a few years, he realized she's not having children, so I need to marry again and get children, uh, thinking uh, very much along the same lines of Sarah uh, with giving Hagar to Abraham. And having children was important to pass on the line, but now that he has children, it's not so important for Hannah have any children. So that's probably what he was thinking. And he didn't uh, recognize that deep yearning that she had there. Um, so her husband was had misunderstood her. Um, Hannah was also misunderstood, uh, not just misunderstood, but abused by someone that should have been her, been her friend. Um, you look at uh, the second wife there, Panina, uh, and I know I'm not pronouncing that exactly correct, but uh, this lady should have been her friend, should have been helping her, should have comforted her in her time of need. But we see that she was her adversary and she tormented her. Doesn't that sound just like, uh, <laughs> I mean, some ladies I've known uh, tend to do that. They torment others and they like to gloat over uh, the things. Uh, I know when I took my uh, criminal justice course um, in college to be a chaplain for the uh, prison system, the interesting thing that I learned in that was, you know, you can go into the men and you've got to watch yourself and you know, they're kind of crude to you. But if you go into the women's prison, they are brutal. They are vindictive. They are mean and vicious. And they are spited oftentimes, and they will do whatever they can to get you into trouble. So uh, we were told to 
be very, very careful if you ever go into a ladies' prison because um, it's a dangerous, dangerous place in there. Well, I can just imagine what um, the home life was here for for uh, Hannah because um, it says that her husband loved her more than Benina, but um, you know that would cause problems right there in and of themselves that's why it's not good to have uh, more than one wife um you're not supposed to split that love that you're supposed to have for your wife and uh because it causes resentment right off the bat and we see that and so uh panini just uh was all the time it appears just tormenting her and you can't have a child God must hate you. You must have sinned. I mean, just think of all the things that she could have said to Hannah because of this. So uh, she was misunderstood. She was abused by someone that should have been her friend. She was misunderstood by Eli, the priest. Uh, here was somebody who was supposed to be a man of God, uh, someone who was supposed to be discerning. And he sees her praying and he misunderstands it for her being drunk. Uh, how unspiritual can you be? Uh, she wasn't drunk at all. She was just, uh, she had a bitter heart. Uh, she was hurting and God understands those that are hurting, but oftentimes we don't know what to say or what to do. And if we don't understand somebody that is hurting, the best thing we can do is just keep our big mouth shut. Uh, but that's not what Eli did. He, he rebuked her. And when she, uh, politely tells him, uh, I'm not drunk here at all. I'm just praying. Um, it's, it's interesting how that his, his rebuke turns very quickly into a blessing that God grants you whatever you're praying for, uh, because he was probably embarrassed. And I find that very interesting because if she had not been so misunderstood, would she have gotten the blessing from the high priest here, Eli? Uh, would she have gotten his blessing? And I really wonder if that was not the turning point for God, where God realized, now I can get um, so much glory for what is getting ready to happen here. And so... Um, she, as she is praying to God, she makes a deal with God that if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. Um, and that's what she does. She, uh, when they leave, God remembers her. She has a son. His name is Samuel. And uh, a few years later, when he is weaned, uh, she brings him back to the tabernacle and gives him to be a, a, a servant in the tabernacle. And so he serves Eli and his family uh, for years and becomes a prophet to the Lord. But uh, Hannah kept her word as soon as she could. She brought him back uh, to the tabernacle and left him there for the Lord. Uh, he served the Lord all of the rest of his life. And not only that, he didn't just serve the Lord. He served Israel. He was one of their greatest uh, judges and prophets, um, if you look at that. And uh, it's just neat to see how God worked and used Samuel through those uh, that time. But would Samuel have been in a place to be used of God had his mother not um, done what she did? Would he have been able to be used of God had Hannah not been so misunderstood and 
brought her request to God. So what are some things that we can learn from Hannah? Well, first off, um, it is not unusual to be misunderstood. Even Jesus was misunderstood when he was at the temple uh, as a young person. Um, his parents came and how could you have done this to your mother and I? And he looked at his parents, Joseph and Mary, and said, um, you know, wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? They misunderstood him. They didn't understand why he was here. Uh, and so, but he still went with them and he obeyed them. He was subject to them. So um, we need to understand that we will be misunderstood. We have a an, an enemy that loves to twist things and put things in other people's minds where it makes it easy for us to be misunderstood. He uses lies and deception. That's all he does. That's all he knows how to do. And when he uses lies and deception, don't you think we're going to be misunderstood? Uh, and, and aside from that, how often have we had trouble wording our uh, thoughts that we're trying to get out even right now? I struggle uh, to make sure that I put the right words with the thoughts that I'm having. And how often are my words misunderstood and taken the wrong way because we don't have grace one with another? So being misunderstood is just something that we need to get used to and realize that God does not misunderstand us at all. He sees our hearts. He knows what's going on there. Second thing, uh, we should let those that are our adversaries push us to pray. Um, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, it says this, But I say unto you, and now this is Jesus speaking, he says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. He goes on to say that ye may be uh, children of your Father which is in heaven. You know, he blesses, he gives rain to the just and the unjust. Um, if we're going to be like him, we need to be praying for our enemies. We need to realize that they're deceived. They're blinded. They cannot see the truth. Uh, I look at what is going on right now in Israel, and I realize that uh, you've got a whole group of people that are willfully blinded. They cannot see the truth. They don't want to see the truth. Uh, even though they know how to read, they won't open the Bible to read the truth. They shun the Bible. I am just so amazed uh, when I try to hand out tracts to people how that they don't want them. They they, it, It's like I'm trying to give them COVID uh, when I get close to them with a tract. Uh, they are deceived. They're blinded. They cannot see the truth, and only God can open their eyes. We should be praying for them, because what do you do to a blind person? Make fun of them, curse at them, uh, yell at them for not being able to see? No, you pray for them, and you try your best to help them and have compassion, even if they're lashing out at you. So we should be praying for these people that are blinded. Um, and then lastly, uh, we should trust God uh, with the outcome and be faithful to him. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 23, um, it, it tells us, it says, That which is gone out of thy lips, thou shalt keep and perform, uh, even in a freewill offering, according as thou hast vowed to the Lord thy God, which thou hast, uh, which thou hast promised 
with thy mouth. Um, what is it saying here? If we make a, a vow to God, we ought to keep it. Um, and as I was writing this up, as I was thinking about this, I thought, how many of us make vows to God? If you will do this, then I will do that. I know in basic training, several guys that I knew vowed to God that if you'll help me get through basic training, I'll I'll start going to church. I'll start going to chapel. Um, and I know a lot of them started, and then there were a lot of them that didn't. Um, but if we make a vow to God, we need to keep it. Um, but one of the easiest ways to make a vow to God is when we pray, we call him Lord. We can't call him Lord and then tell him no at the same time. Uh, it, it just doesn't work that way. If we have called him Lord, we need to do whatever he tells us to do. And what is he telling us to do? His commands aren't grievous. We're to love one another. We're to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength love our neighbor as ourselves, or to be a witness to him, to all the world. That's the best thing we can do to the whole, for the whole world, because he's the propitiation for our sins. He's paid our sin debt. So we should be telling of the good things that he's done for us. So um, those are just some thoughts that I saw as I was looking at, at the life of Hannah here. And, and I hope that's a help and a blessing to you, uh, to see that God uses even people that are misunderstood. And even even in that, when God withholds something from us, uh, we should understand that he has a purpose behind it, even though we don't understand him. So uh, I hope that helps you and, and is an encouragement to you. Until the next time, auf Wiedersehen.